Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. has been faithful, hasn't he? If you would in your Bibles this morning, turn to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, and I'm going to use, we're a topical message this morning. We started last Sunday morning preaching on grace, so we're going to preach on grace this morning and tonight, and then one more Sunday morning. So kind of a mini-series here. I am looking forward to, in a couple of weeks, we've put a new day or a new theme on the calendar. It's called Still Church. And so on the 23rd, not next Sunday, but the next, we're going to have a, a theme, a Sunday morning and Sunday night, and the theme is Still Church. And I'm thankful there are some churches around that are still church, that come to church and we still have church, that we come to church and it's not uh, just a fellowship, that it's not just a place together and and have meals together and do all those things, that it's not a place to come and, and be entertained. Hello? Amen? And a place that, a place that you can attend that's Christ-honoring and that, uh, that cares more about what Christ thinks than what the people think. Hello? Amen? And so just kind of that Sunday, not being mad at anybody, not, not against anyone else, but just saying, hey, we're still church. Uh, you can come to our church and... and uh, and you don't have to go through the fog and the mirrors and the smoke and the lights and the, and the loud band. And I was at a funeral this week, and, and uh, they sang a hymn. And after they got done with the hymn, he said, all right, for those young people, that was a hymn. And uh, that's sad. The great old hymns. And we sang a chorus this morning, and some of the songs that this quartet sang are, weren't written, you know, 500 years ago. We don't believe you have to listen to and, and sing songs from 500 years ago, but we do believe the hymns are timeless. And uh, what a great, great history there is of those. So look forward to that Sunday. We're going to be mailing out 13,000 flyers uh, advertising that still church. And so I want to ask our church family to pray about that. And in the flyer, it really, it really says that we are a traditional church, that we, we, sing the, we sing the hymns. And I think there's a great amount of people in our area who don't realize there's still a church in the air that sings the old hymns. And, uh, and so keep that in prayer if you would. Mark chapter 9, and I appreciate the music this morning. I'm thankful that God is still faithful. And the, the choir song goes right along with my message this morning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm find, found, was blind, but now I see. We all know the words to that song, most of us do. A famous, famous hymn by John Newton, by the way, who was a slave trader. And you think about that first verse, that saved a wretch like me. That would have had even greater meaning for John Newton. He knew what he had been, the life that he lived, and how God turned his life around. But he says, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed." I understand this morning that we are saved by grace, through faith. And that not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. This morning, I hope you know you're saved. I hope you have, know your sins have been forgiven and that you have a home in heaven. 
I hope, I hope that there's a point in your li- time in your life when you can look back and say, yes, at the age of six years old, at the age of 10, at the age of 25, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I hope that you have a time and place like that. If you don't, I encourage you today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. No man knows what tomorrow may bring forth. Salvation is simply repenting of one's sins, understanding that you're a sinner. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. We're all sinners deserving of judgment. Hello? We, we don't deserve salvation from the Lord, but He extends that salvation by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for us, to be buried and rise again from the dead. The Bible says if we'll simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with our heart, that God raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made of salvation. For whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I hope today has been a time in your life when you, again, you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior. At the end of the message, we'll have a time of invitation, time to invite you to come forward, and a counselor could talk to you about, again, how you can know that you know that you know that heaven is your home. How you can have your sins forgiven and have a home in heaven. The greatest decision you'll ever make. That amazing grace. That's what John Newton's talking about in the second verse. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed." Then he says in verse 3, "'Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. "'Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home.'" Verse 3, John Newton says, again, grace is not just for salvation. Grace is for living as well. That there are going to be times. Jesus said himself, he said, "'In this world you shall have tribulation.'" I like the rest of the verse, though. "'Be of good cheer,' he said. "'I have overcome the world.'" But we are all, the Bible says, there is no temptation taking you such as is common to man. Again, trials and, and adversity is a part of life. But I'm thankful that not only does Jesus Christ save us by his grace, but he enables us to live by his grace. We're not only saved by grace, but we are to live by grace. The definition of grace is freely given favor even unto enablement. Even unto enablement. Freely given favor, that's what happens at salvation. Jesus Christ gives us his favor freely. And then he enables us to live this life. Not just, not just to live it, but to, but to abundantly live it. Life was not meant to be endured, it was meant to be enjoyed. And I hope as a Christian you're enjoying life by grace. In Mark chapter 9, the story is told of a man bringing his son to the disciples to heal him of a, a, a spirit, a, a demon spirit. And it says here that the disciples were unable to cast out the demon. So here the man catches Jesus and says, hey, I'm summarizing now, he says the disciples that they, they should cast him out and they could not, the end of verse 18. In verse 19, Mark chapter 9, he says, and answered him and saith, O faithful generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And he brings him to him, and Jesus casts out that demon in him. Verse 23 says, And Jesus saith unto him, If thou canst believe, says to the dad, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Verse 24 is a verse I want you to see. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. 
And when Jesus saw that the people were come, came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter it no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind came come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. But I want you to see verse 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Help thou my unbelief. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in these next few moments, would you help us to understand in a greater degree the adversity which we face is allowed by you and it's for our good. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can adversity benefit you? Are we benefited by adversity? And the answer, of course, up front is yes. We are, uh, we do benefit from adversity. One of the greatest illustrations of adversity and the benefits of adversity is, is the butterfly, the caterpillar. Most of us in school uh, growing up somewhere along the first, second, third grade had a teacher who took a, a caterpillar and put it in a little, little clear case and the caterpillar built a cocoon and and then we waited and waited a little while, waited a little while. If you, and then finally, they you finally see the cocoon begin to crack. And you, and you see the little butterfly come. And the teacher made it very clear. We can't, take the, we can't take the cocoon off the butterfly. We can't take the cocoon off the butterfly. The butterfly needs to break out of the cocoon himself or herself because that's what strengthens it. That's what strengthens the butterfly. And it's a simple illustration, but so true. That we as Christians benefit from adversity. That through the adversity, God uses that to enable us and to strengthen us for, for the future. Adversity serves to help us depend upon God. By the way, adversity will either make you bitter or better. I mentioned that last week. Adversity will make you bitter or better. Which is it for you? If God, if, if God is a big God. And whatever comes into your life, He's allowed to happen. And therefore, it must be for our good because God does everything for our good. God always has our best interests in mind. You as a parent always have your child's best interests in mind. They may not understand when you do certain things. They may not understand when you tell them no. They may not understand when you do... But you have their best interests in mind. So does our Heavenly Father have our best interests in mind. He cares for us. Adversity serves to help us depend upon God. We read several verses last week in 2 Corinthians, I'm going to turn over there real quick because we can kind of read them in a row. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, Paul says this. He says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. That that grace is given to you, that abundant grace is given to you, will redound, will, will uh, transpire, will enable you to, to the glory of God. Whatever happens in your life. By the way, we do all things to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. Verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work, that grace may abound towards you. Again, grace was not just given to us as salvation. Grace is given to us uh, to live life. Grace. Look at chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is where we ended last week. In verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, 
There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. This is Paul speaking. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times, thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, here's the Lord, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. When we're weak, then we're strong. That don't sound right. But, But adversity brings us to the point of our dependence upon God. And when we depend upon God, we're strong. He's the almighty God. He's the all-powerful one. And when we depend upon him, we are, we are strong. I'm thankful for the grace of God that's given to me. His freely given favor, even unto enablement. Here the dad said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And so many times we face things in life. We face adversity of life. And, and though we believe, we need help with our unbelief. We need help in our faith. The disciples needed grace. At this time, by the way, this is a time when we go through adversity, it's a time of self-examination. Self-examination. Turn to Second Peter. You're, you're there in the New Testament uh, towards the end. Second Peter. Second Peter, and look at uh, chapter 5 and verse 6. I, I also didn't point out a while ago there in Second Corinthians 12 where Paul said, A messenger of what? Of Satan to buffet me. I'll remind you that Satan's real. That Satan is real. Look at Second Peter. Look at First Peter chapter five. Did I say Second Peter? Well, then you ought to turn to First Peter, chapter five. It's written in my notes. First Peter chapter five, verse six. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Cast all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking who he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same affliction are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In other words, again, they're common. We all face adversity. We all face difficulty. The Satan hates the Christian. He, he, wants, to see us, he wants to see us destroyed and discouraged. But the God of all grace, all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that he, ye have suffered a while, suffered a while, make you what? Perfect, which means complete, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That, that, that explains it. We can go home. I mean, if you really believe those verses, then you'd understand that adversity, adversity, those trials, those things, is a messenger of Satan to buffet you. God allows those things in your life to strengthen you, to establish you, and to settle you. And God allows those things. He says, cast all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. You cast those things upon Him. Humble yourself before Him, because God will exalt you in due time. When adversity comes, it ought to be a point of examination. It ought to be a point of humbleness, reminding ourselves who God is and how big He really is. Again, our life, What you think about God determines everything about you. What you think about God is the most important thing about you. Because as you face adversity in your life, how you view God will determine how you go through adversity. 
Again, if we understand biblically that God allows these things to happen, that these are messengers of Satan to buffet us, and we understand that God will establish and strengthen and settle us, that he will exalt us out of that problem in due time. What's due time mean? His time. Can I remind you that God's never late, he's never early, he's always on time? Can I remind you that, that nothing ever occurs to God? He's never surprised? And so as we trust God and we believe God that he's absolutely sovereign and supreme and all-powerful and all-knowing, then it enables us to go through adversity with the right attitude, depending upon him, humbling ourselves before him, understanding that God is using that in our lives to conform us to the image of his son. James also reiterates this in James 4.10. He says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Trust him and he will lift you up. He will lift you up. When you teach your children how to swim, you either throw them in the water and just let them flail, kind of what my dad did to me. But most of the time you get them in the water and kind of get going, right? You let them get going and they paddle a little bit. You maybe hold them under the belly or whatever. You let them go. But when they start flailing and they start going under, you, you reach out. You're not going to let them drown. Amen? God, God, God loves you. He's not, he not going to let you drown. He cares for you. But he does want you to learn to swim. I know that, right? He will lift you up. So a time of self-examination when we get into adversity. Number two, it's a time of vulnerability. It's a reminder that we, do, we, are, we need to be humble, that we are nothing. That tribulations are common. Second Corinthians tells us, such as common to man. And the devil hates you. He attacks you. He, he physically attacks you, mentally attacks you, emotionally attacks you. I, I mean, he, he, tries, he throws every tool at you, you know. Trials are his tools. Once he gets you, he'll use different ones too. If he doesn't get you, he'll keep using different tools. If I can't fix something with one tool, I go get another tool, right? One plier doesn't, pliers don't work, I'll get another plier. Or I'll get a crescent or whatever I need. The devil just keeps trying stuff on you until he finds something that works, and then he's just going to hammer down. Going to hammer down until you fall before the Lord. Cast your care upon him. Humble yourself before him, and God will lift you up. The devil tends to kick us when we're down and just, just keep at it. You ever heard that old saying, you know, problems come in threes or whatever the case is? It seems like when something happens in our life, something else happens and then something else happens. And all of a sudden you find yourself like, why has why is the Lord let this happen to me? Well, it's the devil just using one tool. That didn't quite work good enough, so he uses another one. It didn't quite work, and you haven't humbled yourself yet before the Lord. And then he just uses another one. He just keeps at it until he finds the right one, and then he hammers down. When we're going through adversity, when we're going through trials... We need to trust the Lord. We need to go to Him. We need to humble ourselves before Him. We need to cast ourselves before Him. I want to remind you the devil knows he can't have us. If you're saved this morning, you're a child of God, he can't have you. But he can tempt us. He can injure us. He, he can make us fall. But we need to be reminded the greatest tool we have, the greatest, the greatest uh, tool we have in our book is prayer. And when, when we do fall, we need to get on our knees and pray to the Lord. Pray to Him. Cry out to the Lord. Just get on your knees and pray. 
I don't know what adversity you may be facing this morning, what struggle you may be going through, but God loves you. God cares for you. Struggling. Struggling is many times a part of life. It happens. Jesus never promised when you get saved that all your problems will go away. He promised to take you through the problems, to empower you and strengthen you in the problems. Struggles are not senseless. It's the Lord conforming you to the image of his son. It's the Lord completing his good work in you. Can we be reminded of that? God is at work in you, and he continues to prepare you. Smaller tasks lead to bigger tasks, right? Small faith leads to bigger faith. And as we tackle one thing, it allows us to tackle bigger things. The greatest illustration of that is David, as David fought the lion and fought the bear. Before he ever fought Goliath, the, the champion, the, the giant, he defeated the lion and the bear. I remind you that your obstacles, those testings, those adversities in your life are merely, merely stepping stones. That God is using adversity in your life to conform you to the image of his dear son, Jesus. By the way, that's, that's, that's our purpose in life. Our, our goal is to glorify God, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, to, to follow in Jesus' steps, to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord Jesus and glorify him. In conclusion, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, neither do I, but God does. We just ought to trust him. And this morning, just ask the question again, do you trust him? Is your God big enough? Is your God big enough to trust him for tomorrow? He blessed you yesterday. He helped you through the problem two weeks ago. He helped you through the, the problem a month or two, three years ago. Why, why wouldn't he help you through the problem of tomorrow? Number two, we must pray to be established rather than to escape our adversity. May the Lord establish you in that adversity. Many times we ask God to deliver us, and there's nothing wrong with that, but be reminded that as we go through adversity that he is establishing us, that he, that he is working on us. Lord, what do I need to learn through this? Might be a good prayer. 1 Peter 5.10 again says, For the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after, he hath suffer, after you have suffered a little while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, I like that word, settle you. That through the adversity, he is perfecting you. Through the adversity, he's establishing you. Through the adversity, he's strengthening you. Through the adversity, he is settling you. Caterpillars don't fly until they have struggled. May we be reminded of that. Psalm 119, David said this. King David said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. What? David, remember David who had suffered over and over again at the hands of Saul and then David writes it's good that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes that I might learn your word we can trust the Lord in adversity we can, we can as Christians I'm talking about children of God we can understand that adversity benefits us we can understand that we can understand that because we, ex we experience it in life if, you, if you're an athlete, if you want to achieve as an athlete, you're going to have to go through some adversity. You're going to have to go through some training. You're going to have to do some physically struggle through some things in order to succeed as an athlete. 
We understand this from life, just the plants. And man, it seemed like it has rained forever. I'm looking forward to building an ark next week, but it seemed like, but it's, it's important. We must, have, we got to have the storms in order for stuff to grow. I mean, we, we visualize, we see it all the time, but yet somehow we get disconnected from it in our own lives. Sometimes we get disconnected from our own history and understanding that we know that it has, it has grown us in the past. And yet when we face a new, new adversity, a new struggle, all of a sudden we find ourselves in deep, dark despair and deep discouragement and not trusting the Lord, even though we know, we know it's going to help us. We know that in, our, in, in the back of our minds. May we be reminded this morning to trust God with our adversity. May we be reminded this morning to trust Him that He is working in us. That little children's song growing up says, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took Him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient He must be. He's still working on me. In the mirror of His Word, reflections that I see, Makes me wonder why he never gave up on me. He loves me as I am and helps me when I pray. Remember, he's the potter, I'm the clay. A good little children's song, but much application to us. Be reminded this morning, God cares in your adversity. And God is working in your life in that adversity. Let's all stand. We're going to turn to him, 500, pass me not, O gentle Savior. After we pray, Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word and the promises from your word. Lord, may we this morning take them to heart. May we trust you as we ought to in times of adversity, understanding the, the promise that it will benefit us. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.